Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hi. Hello and welcome to Boobays. Boobays, that's right. We're your host. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Joshua. And today we're here to talk to you about Insidious, Chapter, chapter two. 2. A yes. less of a shithole movie. The continuation of the Insidious franchise. I liked it more. You did. Okay, yay. Mm-hmm. I was honestly nervous. I'm coming up. I'm like, mm. I was thinking maybe watch her hate it even more, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I think it definitely improved and I saw it was interesting to watch it and see how they were trying to incorporate a lot of like the found footage mm-hmm. aspect that was in it. Yeah. Oh, which you love. Yeah. yeah of course. And With, uh, seeing, Josh's old videos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And seeing and when they were in the house. Oh, yeah. 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 I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we had that first person POV shaky cam. Yeah. Going um, inside Parker Crane's house. Mm hmm. Um, pretty spooky house yeah and pretty i mean no wonder parker crane's fucked up yeah it's like poor guy i mean a metaphor for being trans yeah i feel like and then also your parents won't allow you to be who you're meant to be yeah kind of thing and then I also just the abuse yeah from that Lots level of, of from a mother of death mother morticia or whatever how it was mores Moore's Moore's uh, or something mm-hmm. but um yeah it's a. Uh, I really also enjoy how we segue from insidious chapter one to you know right into the storyline continuing like literally like day after yeah mm-hmm. with uh mom being interrogated um do 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 or no, I'm sorry. We open with the Lambert we residence do. We in do. 1986. Yes, but how the story continues. Yeah, right whenever it does one. get yeah. into that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we open up with the Lambert's residence. It's 1986 and we get to see a young Elaine. Um, and we meet... Lorraine. Elise, I'm sorry. Oh, a Elise. young Elise, a younger okay. Elise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then young Lorraine and Lorraine. then Carl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elise. My phone, <laughs> for some reason in my notes, corrected Elise to Elaine. Oh. There we go. I will say... Uh, I mm-hmm. didn't. I feel like Elise's voice didn't they, they match. They put it over the girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't match her. And people typically like your voice gets. Her voice sounded like an old older lady's. Yeah, and so I that wasn't my favorite bit. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they could have just had that girl talk normal, mm-hmm. and I would have still believed that it was Elise. Yeah, no, but, I get what you mean. That was, that's just like one of the. It's almost a bit comical. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, like, we can 
100% tell that this is supposed to be Elise. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and this is, yeah, Mm -hmm. not her actual speaking voice. It felt foreign coming out of her, like watching her lips move. That's true. And And it's because we're so, we already know whose voice that is. So it's just like, that's not your voice. That's not supposed to be sounding like that. And you're right. Our voices do age with us over time. So it just would have made more sense for them to just have allowed her to just speak naturally. Watch her have been Australian and she couldn't shake the accent. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) But that's casting. Um, But like I will say, she did look like a younger Elise in the face. Yeah. Like she really did, to me at least. Yeah, Um, she had the same long kind of face. mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're looking at, um, the pictures because essentially Carl and Lorraine were working together first and Carl was dealing with something that he felt like was actually scaring him and that was out of his hands. And so he called Elise to come over and help with the case of Josh, who has been being, um, ghostly harassed by, terrorized terrorized by the Black Bride. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the black bride which is i really like what they did with that character too because they really like like switch it up yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with it being parker instead of thinking like of some old hag lady lady. Mm -hmm. yeah um and so we're made it it definitely added a creep level Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to it yeah and not only just like a person but like a a serial killer yeah spoiler alert um yeah but we have them looking at the pictures and elise is you can tell that she's like looking concerned but it's funny how she like then comes up and like looks at lorraine and is like oh let where, me meet your son uh-huh. where's josh i'd love to talk to him yeah um, which kind of reminds me of how she is in the first one whenever mm-hmm. she's like all hunky-dory trying to talk to them you know when yeah she first she's comes trying to the keep door. the spirits light mm-hmm. and I'm probably not trying to freak out the parents because this is like a dire situation yeah mm-hmm. yeah she was probably trying to keep the cool and just be like oh shit this mm-hmm. is a really bad thing that i'm seeing mm-hmm. and trying to not let mom freak out more and immediately um we start to go into her trying to do a hypnosis essentially right with josh yeah they're interviewing him at first Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just trying to figure out the situation and they do it all on camera Mm -hmm. which comes in handy for later um but he's just saying like you know he has bad dreams sometimes and that you know he sometimes like sees things mm-hmm. and then that's when they're like okay well let me put you under mm-hmm. and then she does and she hypnotizes him again basically yeah with the metronome and everything to send him into, into the further the further she starts talking to him asking him questions and then um we start to play a game that she calls hot and cold which we all kind of know when we're we're kids, you know, um, you have your eyes closed or you're trying to find something and someone's telling you if it's, if you're hot or cold. Um, and so I believe she's asking him like where the spirit or where that person was coming from that was talking to him. Right. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. he had said like, she's here. Mm-hmm. She visits me every night kind of thing. And she was like, okay, well, where is she in the house? And she has like a little rudimentary kind of walkie talkie system going and Carl's like holding the walkie talkie up to Mm -hmm. Josh's face as he's (laughs) like saying you're getting warmer or colder, which I guess he's in the further, like walking around with her. I'm not sure or he's like or if he's just special powers or he has a sense. I don't know. I think there's a lot to be explained with the further and how that works. Yeah. And how sometimes you can be 
like because he's not you would think like he would just be yeah walking next to her or something or we would see that but he just seems to be like under like a trance and just there um but he you know she's getting colder she's getting hotter and then she starts to get um hotter and then he's like you know you can tell he's visibly scared and shaken and then she comes to the closet Mm -hmm. um and that's whenever she starts to go in there and it like bites her like does something to her i think it scratches scratches her her, right scratches her down her arm yeah and so that's whenever she gets spooked herself and then she comes down and she starts to tell um his mom lorraine that what whatever this being is is it's malignant right yeah she says i've never felt a more malignant being Mm -hmm. and not only is this thing a parasite and it's attached to him it wants to be him Mm And which is terrifying. Going yeah. back just a little bit, all the long shots through the house of mm-hmm. whenever they were playing hot and cold. Yeah. I, re- I really liked those. Nice. It was like long shots going through and it was like the camera was passing through each door mm-hmm. and stuff following Elise. Elise. Yeah. And it was cool. I liked that. Really nice cinematography. Yeah. And the use of the camera. And then it, it's funny that we're also talking about how she said malignant as is like a very you know word and then um james wan obviously has that movie malignant Mm. and he's still kind of attached and um there's also really cool like house shots in that movie too yeah so it's just funny how it all there is i really liked some of those shots Mm -hmm. in that film Mm -hmm. even though the film was hella predictable Mm -hmm. but at see and and a little funny to me at times yeah 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 no it was definitely comical mm-hmm. in some aspects where i was just like what maybe another of that because it also felt like it was taking itself seriously as well yeah uh-huh so maybe there that's, were some cool maybe like, that's a common thing that action happens. shots in it mm-hmm. but yeah it and we can talk about it whenever when we cover it we cover it but yeah i couldn't that was another thing i couldn't get past because like i was like this is a professor coral situation Mm -hmm. and then it was i see i didn't see it and i should have but i didn't i didn't pick up on that until a little bit later in the film but i did pick up on it beforehand yeah but at first i was a little confused as to what was going on yeah Mm mm-hmm um, but we do have um, then we what it's Lorraine and Elise in there and they're um, talking and then the door opens up. Yeah, they're. Or does he say I'll show you before? He says I'll show you before. Right. He okay. stands up and he says he looks over his shoulder and he says I'll show you, mm-hmm. and then walks over into the hallway and points to a door, and the door just slowly creaks open and while Lorraine and Elise look on in horror mm-hmm. and they're like what the fuck yeah. And they both like hurry to pull him away and sit him back in the chair being like, absolutely the fuck not. Yeah. I don't think so. It's a hard nope. Yeah. And then uh, it's his mom, right? She's like, make him forget. Or no, because Elise is like, I can make him forget. She was like, do whatever you have to. Make him forget. Mm -hmm. Do whatever you need to. Yeah. And which, I mean, given the circumstances and what they were dealing with was probably not the is not a bad option yeah yeah Uh especially if what she does prevents him from traveling again Mm -hmm. yeah because that's ultimately the issue here was him traveling and leaving his vessel open which sucks because like you have to sleep and you have to you know get rest so your options are either forgetting or i don't know if it's possible for them to like you know would it become a pro? I don't know. You know, learn how to do it. Yeah. That, that, with that gift. That's yeah. 
especially when you have demons apparently trying to come after you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to a title card. Um, title right card. After all of that. Insidious. The same. Yeah. But it's chapter two. And then the chapter two part is looks like it's in the first. It's like an afterthought. Yeah. I really well. wish they would have like said insidious and then just like chapter two. Yeah. Right all together. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like went with the harsh opening. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And then other than what they did. Of, yeah. What mm-hmm. they did. Because but the... it, it was still fine. Like I mm-hmm. understand what they were going for. Like I think it was supposed to be in the further but to have such a, like, like you said, it was kind of like an afterthought. It's almost like two, and it's like two title cards. And they were like, uh, just put them both. Yeah. Yeah. And they couldn't decide how they wanted to do it or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. If it would have been, like, even if it wanted to, if it was going to pop up next, like chapter two, like it did, I wish it would have still been in the same font, in the same, like, same music. Yeah. I wish the they just would have kept it consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think that would have impacted a little bit more. And where I feel like, like I said, I don't know, it was, it felt like it was definitely an afterthought. Yeah. Like on doing that. But we, we, and then we get a credits scene again, kind of reminiscent to the first uh, movie where we have kind of like an AHS kind of, you know, title sequence with all the little names and the credits rolling on. Yeah. Less, chill. less of the house being haunted mm-hmm. this time and more, more the of further, the, right? the further slash some of the drawings and stuff mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Like we're seeing some of Dalton's drawings from when he was a kid again. The I flew away one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which also shows up in the, in the next red door. one. Mm-hmm. The red door. Yeah. So they kept it consistent there. Um, but yeah, it was just some scenes of the house and stuff as the credits roll. And then we open up with, I like how it was like small and then you like come in big into the full frame. Yeah. And because uh, it feels like an uh, interrogation. Um, we have Renee talking to an investigator going over the events that happened the night before. Um, yeah, because I believe it was already the night after. My bad. But um, about Elise and how she literally was murdered in their living room. And she's trying to have to explain like, well, we were going through a possession and there was ghosts. And uh, one of these ghosts killed her, not my husband. Yeah. And whenever he was like, there are marks on her neck that that will match. Yeah. And we'll have forensics match it that were made by a human. Those marks were not on her neck Mm. and Mm -hmm. any of the other things. So a little lack of consistency there. I didn't see any of that. She was just like, she looked like a wax figure. Yeah. Um, She might have been. But um, they're talking about all of that. And then we have her basically just kind of, she also seems like in a bit of state of shock as well because she also is like, she wants to believe it's the ghost, but also she is kind of like, well, it could have been Josh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like obviously there's that thought in the back of her mind. Especially after seeing the picture, Mm -hmm. which we know was the black bride. Yeah. And then we go through all of that, and then she's kind of then having a flat. We're we're we're, we're, we're not necessarily a flashback, but we're now in what happened at the house. Remember when we left off on the first at the end of the first movie, and like she's looking for Josh, and he's like, "I'm right here," and she turns around, and it's like, <gasps> "Well, we get that kind of same thing repeated." But he, she sees, she also saw the old lady, the black lady in the camera, and she is looking at him, but he's very much like oh my God, what happened to Elise? Oh no. He just like starts to act like he didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, And then she's obviously kind of like, 
something's fishy something doesn't seem right but they get uh lorraine takes dalton into the other room and then that's whenever we have um um i think we just end up going through all of that and then we have them going to the new house and it's not really new house it's lorraine's house yeah they're going to mom's house at grandma's house Mm -hmm. for a bit um while things kind of die down mm-hmm. at their house while the police are investigating which is a their cute house. way to bring it back to obviously from the the intro intro and then now we're at the house that was in 1986 yeah yeah mm-hmm. and we get immediately kind of we've get stuff happening yeah in the house like um we've got Renee walking around and all of a sudden we hear this piano kind of plunking and mm-hmm. playing and and renee is also just looking like she's been through it yeah she is poor thing like having her husband try to kill her and the kids and then like at least well, that dad. hasn't happened yet oh shit my bad but <laughs> they're all moved they're all getting blurred together premonition but, she knows it's I mean, gonna happen yeah, yeah yeah but also just everything they went through in the last movie but then like at least ended up going being dead and then you have to like the cops being into it and then you have to explain to people that probably think you're crazy like about ghosts and you know yeah. that's just a lot kind of like in smile mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 or, and especially when people it's like when people don't believe you and you feel like you're not being heard that's like the worst part yeah i feel like feels like then, you're crazy exactly and mm-hmm. just grasping at straws trying to get people to believe even an ounce of what you're saying yeah. and clearly this detective was not hearing what she was saying at all but she's walking around the house she hears this piano playing Mm -hmm. and she recognizes the tune as well um but we don't realize that yet Mm -hmm. but i recognize the tune a bit yeah once we heard it i think the second time it was playing i was like this is a consistent same song yeah Mm -hmm. and then i was like i think this is something that was in the first one Mm -hmm. um but I wouldn't have caught that had we not just watched it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she ends up because she's it's weird. And she ends up going into the piano room and it's on the radio. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, JK, just the radio. But also who turned on the radio. Right. Yeah. Huh? It could have it could have been already just running. And she only just then like took a second to like breathe and then realized it was playing. Maybe. But it was all. I mean, it probably was paranormal, but yeah, but there yeah, is a way there to is a rational way, way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then she ends up checking on uh, Miss Callie, I believe. Yeah, um, Kelly Callie had fallen out of her crib. That's right. She yeah. gets up there and she hears the piano Ke- again. Yeah, and poor. I mean, that's uh, another scary thing of having babies is when they can start climbing out of their crib. Yeah. Yikes. Mm-hmm. And but I mean, obviously, I think this was supposed to be a paranormal Paranormal force Mm -hmm. pulled her out of the crib but still that's a very real thing that does happen is kids unless it's all paranormal and babies can't actually climb they can't it's all ghosts ghosts. it's all every single trying to take your child baby happen Mm -hmm. it's because the parents made a deal that they didn't honor yep Mm, it's probably probably one of them no and so um you know, she hears that piano again. So she goes back downstairs and she's expecting to see the radio on again, but th- the radio is not on. And so then she just like goes to the piano and closes the piano key lid thing, the cover. Yeah. Um, and it was this time that you could hear the song more clearly. Mm-hmm. And that's why and that's when I was like, well, oh, this no. sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't quite exactly place what it was. Mm-hmm. I just was like, this song is familiar. Um, and then we have... Uh, 
after all of that happening. I think she's, this is when she tries to tell Josh, right? I don't know. My next note or is says it her mom? two idiots find the video of Josh as a boy. <laughs> That's Specs and Tucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think because right before that, I'm sorry. It's because um, she she does bring it up to Josh. And then he's like being like, nah, you didn't hear that. The baby falls out of the crib. It happens. It can happen. Yeah. And I, I, need, I was like, I need way. us to move on. Like, I need you to like calm down, essentially. Like, yeah, you're crazy. Yeah, he was gaslighting her. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Specs and Tucker are at Elise's place, their house, her house. And, you know, obviously Elise's dad, that was their mentor, their, I guess, their employer as well. <laughs> so um they end up kind of going through the house a little bit but then a door opens and they're like huh at least never left the reading room unlocked so they end up going down there yeah and, and it's a pretty cool room and then it looks mm-hmm. like it looks like it would be a spiritual reading room yeah they really did it up mm-hmm. in a kitschy way but whatever it was still cool very like crystal ball psychic. in the middle yeah. yeah psychic reading and so at least had a hustle that's what that's probably what that meant um and so then you know we saw the stupid mask in the corner too uh-huh from the first, from the first one movie. which i thought was dumb and they're and I, sitting on a very creepy mannequin well you know what this room gave me was the inception of an idea of it gave me the room from the conjuring even though that's already its own thing and they were taking from real life things. But like it gave me like how all the stuff in there is like evil or something or like tainted by someone and she kept it in a room. Oh, like, oh, you mean like their museum? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, see. yeah. Ed and Lorraine's Warren's museum. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what it kind of gave down in there. Just kind of all these odd things and stuff. And um, then we have this old like freaking old TV that comes on and it's just a like static screen and they're like huh and then tucker who ends up like going into the closet because he's fumbling around and it's dark ends up knocking stuff over in some vhs tapes and he just happens to you know see one and pick it up and it's josh's interview yep and mm-hmm. so they turn it on and they watch this video of mm-hmm. josh as a boy and whenever Josh stands up to say, I'll show you. They realize that there's something in the back corner Mm -hmm. of the room. And they're like, who is he talking to? And so they pause and lighten the frame eventually. Um, But they, you can kind of see the outline of someone standing there whenever they pause it. Yeah. Like a spirit. Yeah. Something. Mm -hmm. And then they'll pause and lighten it later. But. And it'll um, have a lot to do with the movie and the plot and explanation. And also gives me a lot of questions as well about the further and how time travel i think in the further and paranormal realms there's no time doesn't exist right time is not linear yeah i think time is time is irrelevant Mm -hmm. and you can just do whatever you want and pop around that's why like i feel like a lot of like ghosts and spiritual entities get trapped in time and mm-hmm. especially if it's like an echo or a, um, what's the word? I don't know. Whenever they're not active, but, oh. It's like sexually? What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Um, whenever they're. Like a ghost is like dormant almost? Yeah. They're just replaying things. Mm. Mm-hmm. And like on a loop? Yeah. Replaying like their incident. There's a specific word for it. Gotcha. But I, I can't I, think I pick of up it. what you're putting down. And um, they're just sitting there doing it on a loop. Mm-hmm. And I feel like time 
just doesn't really exist in the paranormal realm. Yeah. And if it can span, like if you're seeing like a 19th century or let's say 16th century ghost or something, you know, in present day Mm -hmm. and it's just doing whatever it wants. Who knows? Maybe you could be watching a echo of it happening in real life, like the actual thing and time's just slipping through and it's not actually a ghost at all, but you're watching the event actually take place. And then there's just like a, like a little wrinkle in time. That's a whole nother movie. Yeah, it really is. It's called <laughs> a wrinkle in time. A wrinkle in time. And Oprah in it. Is Oprah in it? I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. No, but um, yes, there's a whole perplexity to all of that. Um, but in this situation, it does come into play here a little later. And uh, after they end up having this little re- revelation of like, oh, who is he talking to? We instantly go to uh, Lorraine waking up in the middle of the night. And I love how they have like, uh, she fell asleep at her boudoir, I guess. And then like Dracula is playing or something. Some scary movies playing mm. in, in the TV. And so she turns it off and then she goes to check on the boys. Um, and this is whenever she goes to Dalton and he like very creepily is just like, grandma, there's someone standing behind you. Yeah. Yeah. She was like asking him questions Mm -hmm. and he was like, grandma. And she was like, yes. And he was like, there's someone standing behind you. Very scary. And then, yeah, that is creepy. Mm -hmm. And she just turns around and is like, what is going on? No one was obviously there. No. Mm -hmm. But in Dalton's mind and in the further there was. Yeah um some lady yeah we'll see later who will meet a lot yeah um and so she ends up like being like okay we'll just go to sleep i love you um and then walks out and then that's whenever we have um she bumps into we're not bumps into she's walking around and the baby roller thing goes off yeah Mm because she bumps into it is it because she bumps into it yeah, I think oh, she bumped okay. into it. I thought it was paranormal for a second. Okay, the mom later on, it's paranormal. Renee has it roll, roll out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think this time she bumped into it, and, and it just went off. I think mm-hmm. it was supposed to be like a little jump scare. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as she's like trying to get it to turn off and stuff, we see something pass the door, mm-hmm. and then she goes into the hallway, and we see this ghost lady in a yeah. white dress completely pass the door and she's all like renee renee is that you and starts chasing after the ghost yeah um which is dumb because obviously renee would answer back and obviously renee wouldn't be doing that right now yeah and mm-hmm. renee's probably not sleeping in a white nightgown yeah. that's to the floor long mm-hmm. flowy white dress but she gets to the bathroom after she kind of chases this thing around and she's kind of like washing her face or messing with her contacts or something mm-hmm. to be like what the hell like yeah. what it, what is happening and then looks in the mirror and all of a sudden the lady's behind her yeah um she just kind of shows up there and she turns around to look at her in person and i'm thinking she sees her there in yes. actuality i think right? she does too yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but then that door starts closing closing on and her. then that's whenever she goes back to the door and she wants to open it and then when she does josh is fucking there in the doorway yeah josh is there and mm-hmm. he is gaslighting his mom now yeah he's telling her that she can't say anything because he does not want his wife and children to freak out yeah um which obviously is not the case she's um, like we you didn't see anything we can't have them thinking these things so you saw nothing and she was like oh you know what you're probably right Mm-hmm. And I was like, bitch, no, yeah. you saw, you just, you just saw what you saw. Like, how are you going to just sit there and be like, that was nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seemed 
I was like, damn, Lorraine, come on, you got more backbone than this. I feel like, too, though, she she definitely knows something's up, though, and I know she thinks, like, she has to play along, at least for now. Yeah. And now, a word from our sponsors. I love smoothies, but I don't love smoothie bar prices. With my Blendjet 2 portable blender, I can make smoothie bar quality beverages for a fraction of the price. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. Yum. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. <laughs> Lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. I do love that feature about it. It is rather nice. It does. Yeah. And it stays pretty quiet. What color did you get? I got black because it matches the color of my soul. Perfect. I got pink because if my whole life could be pink, it would be. We love pink. It matches my water bottle perfectly. It sure does. Yeah. So whenever I carry both, I feel very aesthetic. That's I'm like, nice. yay, got me a nice pink blend jet too. Looking real cute. And it's real yummy with my good smoothie in it. So what are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use promo code BOO12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 portable blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code BOO12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Did you know you could be putting oil and chemicals in your coffee? I love coffee creamer, but I don't think I've ever turned the bottle around to actually see what's inside. When I did, I found out many of my favorite creamers contain ingredients I would never intentionally add to my coffee cup, like canola oil, dipotassium phosphate, ew, and artificial flavors. Laird Superfood all started when big wave surfer Laird Hamilton needed morning fuel that could allow him to spend the entire day chasing the ultimate wave. He couldn't find anything in the market that met his ingredient standards, so made himself the ultimate plant-based creamer. Laird Superfood started and launched its first product, Original Superfood Creamer, in 2015. Laird Superfoods contain no artificial flavors, colors, or additives, and no sugars from highly refined corn syrup. All Laird products are sustainably sourced and thoroughly tested to ensure that you're incorporating the cleanest, finest fuel in into your routine. All Laird products are also made of all natural whole food ingredients and they are crafted from the highest quality all natural real food ingredients. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LairdSuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code BOO at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. Are you tired of the same old boring puzzles? Mix things up with Wongo puzzles. Each puzzle is a custom design with intricate patterns and whimsical shapes that will keep you engaged for hours. Plus, their eco-friendly materials and commitment to sustainability make Wongo puzzles a guilt-free way to unwind. Wongo puzzles are 100% wooden puzzles, meaning they'll last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun, whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage and gifting. With stunning design and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. 
So what are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code BOO and get 10% off of your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to wongo, W-O-N-G-O, puzzles.com and use the code BOO to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. Wongo. Did you know that dehydration is the leading cause of daytime fatigue? I was shocked to learn that even mild dehydration can cause headaches, muscle weakness, and brain fog. But luckily, there's a solution. Cure. Cure Hydration is an oral rehydration solution that contains the perfect balance of electrolytes and glucose to help your body absorb water and rehydrate quickly. The formula is made with all natural ingredients like coconut water, powder, and pink Himalayan salt and is free from artificial flavors, sweeteners, and preservatives. Cure Hydration is vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO making it a great option for anyone with dietary restrictions or preferences. The packets are convenient and easy to use. Just mix with water and drink. They're perfect for on-the-go, travel, or anytime you need a quick and effective hydration boost. Hydration is more than just drinking water. That's what Lauren Picasso, a lifelong endurance athlete, discovered as she struggled to stay hydrated no matter how much water she drank. Lauren founded Cure, a science-backed electrolyte drink mixed to make hydrating easy for everyone. Cure believes that hydration should be simple and effective, but also clean and natural. That's why they use only the highest quality plant-based ingredients and avoid any artificial or harmful additives. They're committed to transparency and honesty. All of their ingredients are clearly listed on their website and packaging, and they're always happy to answer any questions or concerns. Ready to combat dehydration? Try Cure today and feel the difference for yourself. Use code BOO for 20% off your order. So it's the next day, and Josh and Foster are playing and outside, and it seems um, when Rene comes in to talk to Dalton, he's totally bummed. Like, he seems like he's not being himself. And so they start to talk about it, and she asks him what's going on, and he tells her that he had a bad dream. And he ends up telling her about how Grandma came into the room last night, but there was someone behind her. And he heard these voices in the hallway, and when he, when he, when he went out to check on it, he saw Josh talking to someone that wasn't there, and it concerned him. And so she ends up also gaslighting jo- uh, Dalton and being like, it was just a bad dream. Like, daddy is fine. Everything's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's definitely caught on that something's wrong with Josh already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, is daddy okay? Like, mm-hmm. is everything all right with dad? And then cue dad coming in, creepy <laughs> AF, right into the doorway. And he's like, I'm going to take the boys to school. Yeah. I don't know. It was so menacing the way that he was standing there. Already. And yeah. it was like he had been listening to everything mm-hmm. and was just like watching them like a creep and mm-hmm. like someone who's manipulative and controlling would do. Up to no good. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have cut to Lorraine with Specs and Tucker. She goes over to them because right, she's all she's she's already talking to them about like, you know, whatever followed us. Um, whatever was, you know, happening to us at this house, it's followed us here. It's not over. It's still messing with us. And so that's whenever they get to show her the footage of whenever Josh was young again, because they ended up doing, I don't know what the word is called, but they like switched it from VHS to digital, right? Yeah. They digitized it. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to like do, you know, this editing and, uh, raise the exposure and mm -hmm. stuff on it to where you can actually see in the darkness behind him and you see old Josh, you see Josh as he is now mm-hmm. um, as Patrick Wilson and the background of mm-hmm. little Josh's video. And it's like, they're very confused bum, at this bum, point. Bum. Yeah. And they're like, how could that be possible? And she's like, if only Elise were here to help us. And I love how even Specs and Tucker were like, 
Is, that might be possible. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're dealing They're with like, ghosts here. Hmm, yeah. Maybe we could talk with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at this point, that's whenever I think we do switch over to back. We're back with Renee and she's walk, doing laundry and stuff like that. And she gets a phone call from the forensics. And that's whenever the detective gets to tell her that it was not a match to Josh. And so that kind of gives her some relief. But instantly, I think after we start to get off of this phone call, that's whenever the baby starts. That's when the toddler the, chair the, yeah. thing rolls out on its does, own. Yes. And it just like rolls out into the hallway playing and stuff. And I was like, nah. Yeah. Fuck that. And fucking Renee just goes and is like, oh, let me turn this out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, God damn it, bitch. Haven't you learned anything? Stop investigating. Yeah. Like <laughs> walk out of the house now. Yeah. I would have been like the moment I saw that I would have been like, nope. Yeah. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I think I'll leave now. I'll I think I'm going to get the fuck out of here until somebody else gets home. And I'm not going to. I'm getting Callie. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go shopping all I day. I wouldn't even have, I have left Callie. Yeah. Just go. I forgot Callie was there for a second. Yeah. And then so I was like, I would have just left. But then I remembered Callie was there. And yeah, because we very would have gone back for her. See her in just a moment. Um, That she ends up seeing the lady in white again um, in the living room. And she's just sitting there very menacingly, not like, you know, facing away towards her and singing her row, row, row row your boat. Row your boat. Lullaby. And that's whenever we do hear um, the uh, she grabs the baby monitor. Right. Because then the singing starts coming from Callie's room. Baby baby monitor. monitor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden you hear merrily, 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 merrily. Mm -hmm. Life is but a dream. And so we go up to Callie's room, but the door is locked, unfortunately. And so Miss Renee is obviously freaking out. And you kind of hear the, you start to hear the baby scream and it sounds like someone's slapping her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You hear it say, don't you dare Mm -hmm. and slap. And you hear Callie just like wailing. Yeah. And the musical cue as Callie started crying over the monitor Mm -hmm. was a little much. It was like, ding. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was like, we already know that something creepy is happening. Yeah. You don't have to tell us. Well, the whole movie does rely heavily on those like strings. Even, strings. Yeah. Yeah. I think what was it? The uh, I saw was it was it in the fun fact where it, was, it said the thirty three yeah. violins 33? were used. Yeah. That's so much. Um, and it is so a lot, lots of different, <clears throat> and it's slapped throughout the entire movie. Um, it sounds like you should. It sounds like it should have been made by that water phone thing, which What's is water phone. It's how they use. It's what they use to make a lot of actual horror movie sounds. Oh, okay. I have a video of it. I'll mm-hmm. have to. I took a video of um, Kenny mm-hmm. using it because he's got one at the school. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it was cool. He showed it to me, and I was like, "That's awesome." That's um, how it makes all the like weird noises. Yeah, with water. Yeah, it's got water inside of it, uh-huh, and, and it, like, it moves ways. it around, and it's yeah. got these, like, spikes, like, spire kind of things mm-hmm. on it that you can, like, play. Mm-hmm. You can, like, run, like, a mallet down it, and it mm-hmm. will do, like, wind chimey kind of sounds. Slash. That's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. really neat. It's versatile. Um, and so we have um, Callie then... Uh, the door opens up eventually. Yeah, Renee because, finally gets in. Mm-hmm, and she's able to get in there. But Callie is fucking missing. 
She's not where she's supposed to be. Is gone. And this is whenever Renee is like freaking out. I believe she runs back downstairs. She's looking for Callie. And then that's whenever she runs into the lady in white again. And and the ghost bitch slaps her. Like the fuck out of her. Sends her flying. And says, don't you dare. And she even breaks the chair as she falls down on it, right? Yeah, a table or chair or something. Mm -hmm. She landed on a piece of furniture and it broke. Yeah. And she was knocked the fuck out. Yeah. She was out for a while until oh yeah had to bend hours josh came home right it was josh who found her yeah he did yeah 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 Yeah. uh but and so before that happens we do have carl uh coming to talk to the gang um they want to they want to use carl to contact elise and so he i love how they sit down in the the table reading room whatever and he's like pulls out his dice and he's like this is how i talk to the dead yeah and i was like Okay. It felt very D and D. I was yeah, and I was like, "This is such a step down from fucking Elise." Like, yeah. I was like, "All right, but go off, go off." I guess we'll find out. Especially since it's like, I would just see like, I guess it's divine, so or what at spiritual spiritual intervention. But like, you could just see any word, and then people would be like, "Ah, yeah, yeah right." It's. Yeah. I felt like it would very much, especially yeah. the first couple of times when nothing was happening. I yeah. was like, I feel like. You can just, this it really allows for the human imagination to see what it wants to see. Yeah. Well, I even wrote him. I know. I'm like, oh, he's a fucking dud. Yeah. Poser. <laughs> but yeah. No, we eventually, I, even though it's like not catching on just quite yet, he ends up throwing his dice at one point and then all the lights go out in the room and then like just the candles are on and there's like a little wind that comes in there. And so um, I think uh it's uh specs who wants to get up and like check on things but i love how carl's like do not break the circle yeah which side note um we didn't get to mention it last episode but we did learn after the fact unfortunately that specs is played by lee wano um wanel wanel however you pronounce his last name um lee w lee w yeah and so um he ends up, you know, staying. And so then we actually start getting contact with the some spirit who we think is Elise. And Carl was like, who killed you? And it's just like she did. Um, and then that's whenever he starts to ask, like, what does she want? And we get the word kill because Tucker sees it in the die. And that's whenever it's like it keeps going. Where is she? And we get the word hiding. And then we get a final dice throne and it's uh, deciphered to be our lady of the angels hospital which Where lorraine used to work mm-hmm. yeah and it, it just says like lady of angles yeah or something and then everyone's like what the fuck yeah until lorraine's like i it's our lady of the angels it's a hospital i used to work at mm-hmm. and then everyone was like oh that makes sense yeah yeah and then that's whenever um Josh ends up uh, coming back to the house and he finds Renee. He picks her up, puts yeah, her on the couch, he sniffs her, sniffs her, which is really weird. Really weird. I was mm-hmm. like, "Ew, Josh yeah. sniffing Renee." Yeah. I didn't like that. Yeah, but definitely adding to the fact that there is a creepy ghost inside ghost of him. Ghost in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And very quickly, uh, this movie moves very fast. We are at the hospital. Where... Yeah, it didn't drag as long as the first one did, uh-huh. in my opinion. More exciting things were happening the whole mm-hmm. time because mm-hmm. whenever I did pause it, I was like, "Oh." There's only 30 minutes left. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And there Not was a 50, lot of stuff. Like the last time. And <laughs> where I was like, dear one. God. <laughs> and so we're at the hospital 
it's abandoned. Obviously, it's it's run down. At least this wing of the hospital is. And so Carl has um he's going through it. They're going through all the rooms, and then Carl has a sense as he's going into one room, and he's like, okay, it's like it's, a little it's, premonition. Yeah, it's got to be this one. This was this is the vibes. And then Lorraine walks in, and she's like, oop, I remember this room. It was an ICU. Yeah, because they ask her how she, how what this room used to be, and mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, it was an ICU. And then she's like, I remember it well. And she ends up talking about this patient named Parker mm-hmm. um, who was in the room and was in, it seems like a, kind of like a little coma like Dalton was in Yeah. Um, yeah whenever sure they were talking about it. But then we flash back to her being, you know, young and walking around with a young Josh mm-hmm. and they're walking through the hospital and it's like, I guess, bring your kid to work day or something. I guess. Because he's there and she specifically tells him not to touch anything. And then the first thing he does is go and touch the fucking monitor monitor thing. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, Parker's sitting up and like, yeah, looking at him and then grabs him and is like, and Josh is like, what the fuck? Yeah. And they have to pull them apart. And then she starts like consoling Josh. And then we segue to her. She says, like, the last time I saw him. Um, and we see him coming into an elevator with her and she's kind of, you know, surprised. She's like, Hey Parker, you're supposed to be in bed. Like you're not supposed to be out. What are you doing? And he is not responding to her at all. And he looks like he's just in a trench coat. Like he looked like he would be just naked. Yeah. And also that trench coat, like a flasher. That should have been weird as well to her. Yeah. Why aren't you in your hospital gown? And with the like thing, yeah. Cause there's no way you should be off of your uh, IV bag monitor. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, um, you know, he ends up just kind of walking into whatever that was. It's like darkness. And then she walks away. Also, why is this hospital so dark? She walks. They're always so dark. Yeah. She walks to the front lobby and they're like, She's like, hey, can you tell me why, you know, patient from 30 is out of his bed? And then they're like, uh, excuse me, homegirl, he died. He died yesterday morning. He jumped. To his death. To his death and killed himself. And then she's like, no, he didn't. I just saw him. And then. I just rode with him on the elevator. Mm -hmm. And And the nurse was genuinely, like, rightly so, like. Spooked. She's uh, like, no, you didn't. What? And so that's whenever we do have um, then coming back to in the real life. I love how they they asked like, wait, why was he even here in the first place? And then she's like, he tried to castrate himself. Yeah. I was like, that was out of pocket for me. I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah. I was like, damn. Um, a little bit. But I, I mean, it makes sense because, you know, we end up later figuring out stuff. But like, it was just kind of seemed bizarre and out there. But yeah, um, we end up coming back to the house and we're with Josh and he is in the mirror looking at himself, checking himself out and he's not doing too hot. No, he's starting to look rather haggard and mm-hmm. old and he pulls a tooth out yeah, of his, his mouth. His, the, the body is basically rejecting the spirit that's inside of it right now. So it's like yeah. dying. Uh huh. And then from behind him in like the shower, we have ghost lady saying, he must kill them yeah. or he's going to waste away, basically. Yeah, she's and like, she's like, kill them all. And she says, your dead soil is killing his living skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, soul. no, your dead soul. My phone, once again, changed soul to soil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, yeah, she ends up, you know, being like, you need to kill them. And he He's kind of giving, like, vibes of like, no, I don't want to do that. But he's not trying that hard. Um, and they end up. Uh, back at the hospital finding Parker Crane's records and then getting his information on where he lived. 
Yep. And then they break into his house. Mm -hmm. They break into his old house and uh, which was like that, I guess, was the obvious next step. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. 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 But Um, they break into his house and they're going through. And this is where we get a lot of those first POV, first person POV shots. Yeah. The shaky cam. And it even glitches at one point Mm -hmm. to and I was like, oh, this feels like, you know, a weak attempt at some found footage yeah it wasn't bad but it also wasn't like i mean it was like okay pick a genre yeah yeah, yeah. i think they were definitely mixing some stuff in there um uh, i didn't especially mind it. with i feel like like you said earlier when they had the vhs tapes and the leaky stuff i feel like they were trying to lean in more into that vibe as well yeah um, but they are going through the house they're basically exploring also breaking trespassing breaking and entering entering. um and so we end up seeing like some really like we end up going to parker's room and before yeah we 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 broke into the the house Uh yeah on renee's and josh's interaction yeah renee plays the song that Mm -hmm. she heard she was like i keep hearing this song and he was like josh was like uh okay and she was like you don't know this song Mm -hmm. and he was like no why would i know this song basically and she was like it's my song the one i wrote for you and he was like quickly changes the subject and he's like the song's not the issue here the issue is is that someone's in our house yeah and goes and gets the bat and stuff and that's when renee's like just gonna test vibes something's not right here there's no way josh wouldn't have known this song yeah kind of thing and so we're um uh, and then going back to what's happening in the house, we end up going and finding Parker Crane's room, which has like these horses and like has a dollhouse. And I love how even what is it specs or something? He's like, uh, this room seems a little too girly to be like a little boy's room. Yeah, because Tucker immediately was like, this must be Parker Crane's room. Yeah. And I was like, first off, Parker Crane was an old man. Yeah. So I, I was like, this doesn't seem like an old man's room. This seems yeah. like a little kid's room. Mm-hmm. And. But I mean, who knows? He must have lived in that. I guess he lived in that room the whole his whole, the whole time. Their whole lived in that house the whole time. Yeah, he could have had another separate room, but like he never touched touched his childhood room. Probably maybe too traumatic for him to walk into. Yeah. Um. And so that's whenever we have a child sitting on the bed. Looks like a little girl. Um, and she yelled. And it was pretty creepy how we got the camera shot yeah, of it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I liked that how we could see them behind it, and then they both started backing up into it. And mm-hmm. I was like, uh, "She's right there, guys." Yeah, I was like, "Y'all better turn around, mm-hmm. come on." And then I was like, "Y'all are gonna freak when you look at this video footage later." I almost wished they wouldn't have interacted with her at that point. That mm-hmm. they like would have just found it on the footage later and then mm-hmm. freaked out. Kind of like a moment whenever in the first movie they were looking at the footage of Dalton and then they saw the lipstick devil demon. Yeah, lipstick demon behind him. Yeah, Yeah, Um, that would have been kind of cool. But they do interact with him, and because Specs is like, "Uh, shit, mm -hmm. turn around," and they turn around and we get this. uh, This is my room from the child. Yeah. Oh, Um, and all the rocking horses started going at once before that too. Like, so paranormal things started happening Mm -hmm. and they rightfully got spooked and the little kid rushed past. And then all of a sudden that's when she is behind. Yeah. And, and then I love how she's like, you can't be in here. If she sees you, she'll make me kill you. Yeah. And they're just like, Nope. Walk out of the room. Um, cause they're like, we ain't gonna mess with that um and they're like okay uh-huh, sounds good bye um and so then that's whenever we do move over to um uh i think it's uh 
nighttime, right? Because then something is, uh, we're with Dalton and he's like trying to sleep and him and Foster are in the room. And then he's like getting um, called by the, that little can phone thing that the people yeah, make. Yeah, phone, it's, phone can. Is that what can it's called? Line. Did you ever make one of those when you were little? Mm-hmm. Uh, did it work? Yeah. I don't understand that. The I've sound never, I've never waves like travel the vibrations and everything. I think travel through the string, and now it's supposed to be taut, like, uh, like tight. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it'll—that's how it works. You can't have just a loosey goosey string, uh-huh. which at first the string was loosey goosey yeah. here. So, but it's a paranormal entity coming through. So yeah. no, obviously not posture. Yeah, it comes and it is able to work. I, but yeah, it was really creepy yeah. whenever he was like, Foster, go back to bed. And then the voice was like, I'm not Foster. And Dalton's eyes just get wide. And then uh, the poor, like, little um, young Dalton actor boy, like, he really sells the, like, fear when he's, like, trying to be like, Foster, wake up. Yeah, like, he's like, please, please wake up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the closet doors open mm-hmm. and we like we get the string pulling tight Mm -hmm. and then it's like standing there for a second and then this woman rushes out of the Mm -hmm. closet right yeah she's a young woman she runs out she like starts to like run to the front door of the room and then is standing there kind of crouched dish not looking toward or or like you can't really see her face and then she looks up and then that's whenever she ends up telling him like uh, you know like help me um yeah she's, she's basically like pleading for her pleading life for help and mm-hmm. saying like don't let him get me or something like that yeah. and help me and then all of a sudden all of the ghosts of are in there yeah, yeah. attacking him while he's under his sheets and he was in the further we found out because all of a sudden it was like in that gray tone mm-hmm. and he like quite literally jumps back into his body and is screaming for help when mom comes up and you know the ghosts bled into the real world because the sheets were all ripped up Mm -hmm. and stuff like that which was um pretty scary yeah poor dalton and she you know has to console him for a little bit because he's obviously freaking out and she's like it's once again just being like it was just a bad dream it's just a bad dream and then that's whenever we cut to um josh talking to um someone in the, the piano room it's not showing us who and then he's just basically like the shadows are your home now you can keep trying but she's not gonna she's not gonna hear you or something and yeah, then that's whenever we get realize he's talking to josh the real josh in the further and we just get him like screaming at the piano for help mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which sucks for josh um it does but and, that was a cool scene and yeah. i liked i liked that i thought that was pretty interesting how they had that interaction between the two Joshes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how even Parker Crane, like even though he's in the real world can tell like he's there. Yeah. And so uh, it's a, it's a pretty ballsy move on Parker Crane's part. It I is. would say. Um, and so at this point we are back at the, at Parker's house and this is whenever we have Carl, start to mess with his dice and you know he's he's trying to ask questions um i think at this point he starts to realize like oh shit this isn't a fucking elise because he starts to be like wait you're not elise and at the whole the whole time we get like there's a screw unscrewing from the chandelier above him in the living room and the spirit um I think, oh, I'm sorry, it doesn't happen yet. But the spirit at this point, because he is trying to ask questions, as Lorraine walks by, um, she looks at a painting that is um, the white lady in white and then a young Parker Crane. 
yeah. uh, painted as a, a, a little girl. As Marilyn. As Marilyn, yes. Um, and the chandelier almost falls on her, but Carl saves her. And then this this is the point when he starts to think like, oh shit, this isn't uh, Elise because she wouldn't try to kill us. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he rolls the dice, the dice and yeah. it says something like Moore's. And which I guess is Latin for death. Mother of death. And then he rolls it again and it says mother of Morris or something mm-hmm. like that. And it says mother of death. Yeah. He was like, it literally translates to mother of death. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, this is, so the chandelier collapsed and then they're like here knocking on the wall, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's yeah. through the bookshelf. Yes, and that's whenever Tucker goes up and he's like, "Oh, wait a minute! Like this, this bookshelf, bookshelf is fake." Yeah, it's like a hollow wall on the other side, and mm-hmm. he starts knocking on it. And things knock back, and so then they decide to investigate and open the door. And holy shit, they find a bunch of dead bodies. Yeah, it was pretty creepy with all of them just sitting there. And I was like, "Oh, this is getting this one felt like it had more of an actual storyline to it, mm-hmm. too." Than the first one, yeah. You can see that. In my yeah. opinion, there's more plot there. Yeah, and so and it kept thickening. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I was like, "Oh," and I liked how it was tying back into the first one with like mm-hmm. Josh being talking to old Josh and stuff like that. Um, and then they even elaborate more on it in the Red Door, which I liked a lot mm-hmm. too. They were able to tie it together. It didn't make me appreciate the first movie more, but it made me, I liked that they called back to the first movie mm-hmm. in general. Um, but Felt yeah. More cohesive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's just a bunch of dead bodies there. And yeah. there's Under like sheets. at least like 20 of them or something. 15, I think, is mm-hmm. what the number they said. And um, they find this like box of newspaper clippings that all are about the bride in black. And then that's when they figure out that basically that bride in black who they saw hunting Josh as a kid was Parker and Parker wore the dress to commit his murders. Cause there was like a mannequin there that had the black dress on with the black veil yeah. and everything. And, and he was like, Parker wore this. Yeah. Cause he touched it. Doesn't he? Carl does. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when he gets like all that glimpse of all the horrible things that Parker Crane would do to his victims, um, which is pretty horrific. Um, and also, pretty um what's the word sadistic that he would even like as well which i guess most serial killers do don't they like he like keeps like all the trophies well one he did have the bodies in there so that's one thing but i mean like even the news clippings and all that stuff about him because a lot of the times like the zodiac and stuff they just wanted to be they wanted recognition and Mm -hmm. they wanted to be talked about and that's why they do it Mm -hmm. a lot of the times and so uh and also they're mentally yeah. unstable and we also get this line that he he killed for his mother because his mother essentially was kind of i guess the driving force behind what was causing him to be so fucked up yeah <laughs> said his mom forced him to yeah and this at this point we didn't come over to L- renee is getting home and she's about to go into the house because i guess she went to go do she went to go drop off the boys that's right with someone the caretaker some babysitter jessica and lorraine is like don't go back into I the think. house like there is something wrong she was like it's not the house it's josh mm-hmm. so we need to get the fuck out of here she was like 
basically do not go in there at all and she was like oh, i was just gonna and she was like nope get back in the car let's go we are leaving right now mm-hmm. and so that's what they do they leave and lorraine starts explaining how the plan's gonna work yeah and what they're gonna do basically to capture josh and get josh back to being actual josh and not mm-hmm this fake ghosty josh yeah and it's kind of a cockamamie like i don't know how to say that word cockamamie cockamamie plan because i'm like you're gonna try to sedate a, i don't a think ghost. that was the right way to say yeah, it but you know what i mean uh, yeah Con- i know what you're trying to say <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna try because the whole plan is carl tucker and specs they're getting play- ready carl is gonna go in and basically sedate josh but then i'm like but it's a ghost how do you sedate even though it's in a physical body I don't know. It just felt a little like unthought out, which obviously we do find out later. It was very much unthought out. <laughs> yeah. I felt like they put more thought into the code word. You literally. Yeah. Which, which they didn't even get to use really. Unicorn. Um, except, yeah. Except for when Carl's like getting choked out. Literally and he's, he's like, like <laughs> <laughs> literally. and also even in my notes. Oh gosh. Um, so we'll get to it. But yeah, she's telling him the plan and I love how Renee is just like, Okay, yeah, sure. Let's that's fine. Uh, but we do cut over to Carl um then uh getting to the house and he ends up knocking on the door so he can talk with Josh after we get that whole, you know, um quesadilla bit and them coming up with a safe word. And and as he's in there talking with Josh, he starts to notice well, one, Josh is also like he seems like he's on edge, and then he ends up seeing a de- like a tooth that fell out on the floor and so he does this like thing where he puts his foot over and like tries to you know pick it up all sly um and at this knocks point his sunglass or not his sunglasses his glasses off the table and mm-hmm. stuff too and acts to pick them up and then picks the tooth up at the same time yeah and so josh ends up uh asking him if he wants something to drink and so carl is like oh yeah i'll I'll take some water so at this point josh goes to do that and this is whenever carl decides to get the syringe ready so he can sedate josh but not super sneakily not at all and then josh comes back out and he's like what you got there and carl is just like nothing like (laughs) you know and then that's whenever uh uh, I think what he Josh is like, um, you should ask your dice what I have behind my back or something yeah, like that. Yeah. He says, Oh, I thought you maybe were playing with your dice. Yeah. That's and he was like, mother said that you like to, that you're really good with your dice. And he was like, Oh, I'm not, I wasn't aware that y'all spoke today. Yeah. And then he, um, says you should ask your dice what, cause then that's when Carl looks at him and says like, what, what do you have? What do you have behind your back? And that's when he says, you should ask your dice what I have behind my back. Yeah. And he says, he starts asking and then he says, what does Parker Crane have behind his back? And Josh's face face, yeah, drops from this creepy smile that he had and comes back and he's like. And I love to this whole time in my notes, I'm also like. Specs and Tucker are listening into this conversation. Where the fuck are they? Because yeah. this obviously sounds a bit like it's about to go somewhere really bad. And maybe if they would have gotten there sooner, granted, probably they wouldn't have been much help. But I feel like it could have been handled better. Yeah. yeah. Um, like if they were, what's the point of them listening in if they're only going to wait until safe word is said? Yeah, literally. Like, when you can pick up on all the other cues. Yeah, exactly. So he... They should have gotten in there sooner, but eventually they do figure it out and they're like, oh shit, let's get in there. Mm-hmm. And they do get in there and um, they start fighting 
with Josh and yeah, Josh Specs immediately up, gets knocked out knock, or Tucker. knocked down. Or, yeah, my bad. Specs does. And then that's whenever Tucker tries to come in and try to overtake Josh. But then Josh ends up sedating fucking Tucker. Yeah. And <laughs> Tucker falls onto Specs. Yeah. And Specs obviously can't get him off. Yeah, because he's just too have too much heavy too much weight for him. Yeah, and then there was a decent size difference between them. Oh yeah, for sure. And then that's whenever we have it kind of just going black. And then that's whenever we're cut to Josh waking up Carl in the further. Um, and at this point, we have them kind of talking to each other, catching up. Um, Carl's, you know, being like, you know, I, I, I know, I've known you since you were young, and then that's whenever they start to go through the house, and I believe Elise pops up pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, and at first they're going through, um, there, and there was that thing where he's like, he's got your baby. Oh yeah, that's and right. That guy's like, he's got your baby, mm-hmm. and he's got your baby, he's got your baby, and he looked really funny. Um, he did. He looked like a little frog man. Yeah, he did, and then we see that it was Josh who was banging on the door in the first film. Yeah. Which was cool whenever they were up there upstairs and Josh yet again was trying to tell Renee like, Oh, it was probably just interference and Mm -hmm. stuff on the baby monitor. And she was like, no, it felt really real. And then all of a sudden they heard someone knocking on the door and he goes downstairs to check and no one's there. And we thought it was like something creepy, but turns out it was actually Josh in the further trying to save Renee in the present Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so that was cool i liked how that tied back in i was like oh that was neat Mm -hmm. and it was him who went through the door and all of that set off the alarms makes it a lot less scary too and uh, yeah it does and then at this point um that's whenever uh we get to see all that happen and then is that where carl is asking for elise or something happens something happens to bring back elise yeah i i just wrote oh Elise comes back. Yeah, she cool. kind of just comes back, kind of like a like a saving like a savior essentially, um, because that's whenever um, they end up um, getting. Oh, my note says. Oh yeah 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 yeah. At this point, all of that's going on, but we're back in the real world, and this is when Lorraine gets a message from Tucker saying um, the plan is you know taking action, it's safe to come back now. Yeah, which was obviously Not, fake. Yeah, it was from the possessed Josh. But then we go back, yes, with uh, Josh and Carl looking for Elise and then the baby and all that, and then that's whenever um, I believe. Oh, my notes. Hello. They make it back to. They make it back to the Lambert house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they are basically trying to figure out, like, how can we bring this spirit out? We need to figure out where she lives. Elise is telling them that she lives somewhere in the further, and we've got to bring the spirit out and jar some mm-hmm. of its memories in order to push it out of the vessel and bring it back to the further and but josh was like i don't know where this entity lives at all and then that's That's when they say maybe we're asking the wrong josh Mm -hmm. and then so this is where we get big josh asking little josh where does this entity live and that's when he says i'll show you and stands up and is points to the door and elise is like that's what that was about. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how that's a good callback to you. And then they end up going through that door. And that's when we find another red door. Mm-hmm. And this I is was the like, door. oh, more yeah. red doors. Yeah. I guess the red doors mean definitely like. Just two uh, bad entities. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I really, really Never do go not through proceed. a red door. Yeah. And so that's Stop. whenever 
we do come back to the real world and Renee, Renee and Lorraine come back to the house and immediately we get Josh just attacking them. Um, because it's, there's, yeah. Josh trying to kill everyone. He's just trying to kill them. And then that's whenever we have, um, Renee getting locked. Um, not Renee, sorry. Him and Renee are going at it. But then that's whenever he locks Lorraine. Oh, I'm getting their names. Like Lorraine, um, locked into the restroom, like a guest bathroom, I guess type of situation. And he's like, I'll be back for you, mommy. Yeah. Um, and so at the same time, got some hardcore mommy issues here. Yeah. Um, the boys are getting dropped off outside. So they're about to walk in into a mess, but yeah, he essentially ends up, Renee does put up a little bit of a good fight, but he ends up fucking knocking her out or knocking her down with the, like, was it a tea kettle or something? Yeah. Yeah. Cause she starts smacking the hell out of him with the pot and then he grabs a tea kettle and chunks it at her and it hits her in the back of the head and she's rendered slightly unconscious like she's definitely out of it mm-hmm. gotta have some sort of concussion or something yeah she definitely saw stars for a second yeah because she drops to the floor and then at this point he gets on top of her and that, that's when we get him trying to attempt to murder her and strangle her just like he did elise and we get her seeing him she's like freaking out but then it transitions. little dalton comes in it does, uh, but she does also see the Black Bride. Oh uh, yeah, uh, being the one strangling her, and then that's whenever Dalton comes in, and we have With Foster the baseball just screaming. bat. Yeah, Foster's not doing much to help, but Dalton's no. like, "Get Bam. the fuck back!" and hits his dad with the baseball bat, mm-hmm. and then. Um, we have them poor Dalton getting a little bit thrown, and then they like take off, and they get are able to go to the basement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, running to the basement. Um, and at this point, we go back to the rest of our gang, and the red door has led to uh, Parker's house. Parker Crane's mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. And we get this scene happening between Parker and his mom. And Parker yells, my name is Parker. And then his mom walks up and is like, no, it ain't. no it's not. Your name is Marilyn. Mm-hmm. And basically just explaining to him how good little girls need to behave and yeah. stuff or they're going to get it. Yeah. And I was like, no wonder he is fucked up because yeah. this is intense. Yeah. We see how he was very much abused as a child by his mom and she was a psycho herself. And this is whenever as she's having this conversation with little Parker, I was going to say Parker, but Marilyn, um, she notices that the rest of them are in the room. So she sends Elise and Carl out of the room, you know, spiritually. And then that's whenever Josh gets locked in there with her. And so we're back with um, uh, Renee and Foster and Dalton in the basement. And that's whenever Dalton is like, Mom, like I can go into the further and I can get Daddy Black. Okay. Oh, my bad. Daddy Black. I can get Daddy, Daddy back. <laughs> and that's whenever um, I love how she's like, no. And then he's like, I can. And she's like, okay. Yeah. Like, she didn't put up much of a fight. She was like, no, I almost like lost you last time. Yeah. And then he was like, but I can do it. And she was like, okay. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't seem like you really cared but that much. Fo- but she, she tucks away Foster and gets him hidden. And that's whenever Dalton goes into a little corner. And tries to go to sleep. Um, and Which he, I was like, I... <laughs> how? How does he how? fall asleep? Yeah. And all all of these situations, like in the... And the red door. Red door as well. He just like, is like... Able to doze off. Yeah. In 10 seconds. And I'm like, my... I could never. I wish I could sleep, like, fall asleep like that. Same. Um, and so he ends up going into the further. And I believe he finds a red door. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's whenever we have... Um, 
we cut back to Josh and he's in the room with a bunch of uh, kind of like the same way as we saw all those bodies at Parker Crane's house in the base in that special room. They're like under sheets and he's trying to find the lady, the mom. And I love how she's like, come and find me or not find me. But she's like, says something basically taunting him. Yeah. Um, and then um, he's trying to find her. Um, he's going through all of them. And at the same time, we're back in the there's so much going on. Speck starts to wake up. And he lets Lorraine out of the bathroom and they can hear all the commotion coming from down, you know, stairs. So they start to go that way. And then at the same time, the possessed, uh, you know, Josh comes and breaks through the door, not the door, but like the wall, essentially, because he he can't get through the door. Um, And that's whenever Elise starts talking to young Parker in the further and she's trying to, you know, get his help. She's like, you can help us defeat her um, and put an end to all of this. And so... This is all going on. Um, I believe uh, Parker Crane's little young spirit ends up allowing, leading Elise into the room that um, the mom and the mom ghost is in with Josh. She's like fighting Josh and like choking Josh, right? She's like choking Josh out at this point. Yeah, I think so. The real Josh, yeah. And then Elise comes in with one of the rocking chairs and just starts beating the shit out of Mother of Death. (laughs) Literally. And as she hits him or hits the mother Mm -hmm. the black bride is then sent out of josh's body Mm -hmm. back in the real world yeah and they're he's kind of rendered unconscious and then we also see that he also like was knocked out in the third one knocked out then in that moment too by yeah. dalton yeah yeah by dalton yeah, yeah yeah yeah. which is funny how it all ties in also how dalton was the one who left the hammer there like i was like whoa yeah yeah, yeah. but um, um yes but then everyone like dalton is in the further and he's calling out to josh and then so josh and dalton are reunited and basically they are able to make it back to their bodies mm-hmm. and they come back to their bodies and you know, Josh wakes up in his body and he's like, it's me. Mm-hmm. And Renee's rightfully hesitant. She's like, uh, no. Nah. Last time you said it was you, it wasn't you. Yeah. Yeah. Said I'm right here. And it was That's... not you that was right there. Yeah. Um, but we get the explanation from him. He's like, I tried to play our song. I was trying to communicate with you. And then she's like, you're the only one who could ever play that song that badly. Yeah. And then we get Tucker for fucking bursting in and being like, but obviously the day has already been saved. Um, And then um, we we go into the next day and that's whenever we get the decision from uh, Josh and well, I don't know necessarily Dalton, but the family that we want to make them forget again. We want to not be able to travel, no more sleepwalking, no more further. We want to forget this ever happened. Um, so that's whatever that's what starts happening um and then we cut to tucker and specs um co- going a to house call of sorts mm-hmm. randomly to yeah. this person's house and they open the door and they're like oh you know we know yeah. we have a message for allison yeah what's happening to allison isn't this it's something like our leader would have Elise would have said is like supernatural and stuff and then the little girl pops up and she's like who's the lady behind Mm y'all and we see Elise's ghost there and Elise is like shh and then Elise goes and sees something behind Allison and she's like Allison yeah Allison and then sees something behind her but we don't see see what it is right because I didn't see it we don't see it okay 
it's making like that crackling noise like the lipstick face demon kind of noise made whenever we would see the dark stuff yeah but we don't know and it's she's just like oh my god and it's the end is Al- <laughs> like does allison have to do with the next film not no it so i was the, confused I feel as like to what allison wanted- had to do with anything it's just a, a segue into, I guess, more that could possibly be. That but Dalton and Josh aren't alone. Maybe, yeah. And then also, I mean, in the chapter three, there is a girl that ends up being put in a wheelchair, but it's not Allison. It's a whole different storyline. And it happened, took place before the Dalton storyline. So I don't know. Which one is the last key? <coughs> Excuse me. That is the fourth one. Okay. I think maybe that's the one I saw at the party. Because I remember oh, something okay. happening with a key and a door having to be like physically unlocked. That's that's the fourth one. The last key. Because I once I watched this one, I was like, like, I've never seen this before. Okay, yeah. I was like, none of this is coming back, even to my drunk mind. Yeah. Like that one i i just remember there being like there was an old man demon mm-hmm. like an old man ghost oh maybe it could be the third one. Oh, it could okay be the maybe third it was one. the third one i don't know i feel like i remember there being a key having to unlock something well because the fourth one is called the last the last key yeah um i saw that today it was suggested yeah after watching one of them and, and i was like a heavy moment and i guess there is but there is an old man ghost in the third one in the third one heavily yeah which okay. is really creep, really creepy um i it must have been the third one that i saw then though because yeah. i now as i'm thinking back it was an old man and not an old woman that i saw one came out i want to say like 2015 or something like that That would have been about about when i saw it yeah yeah yeah. 20 yeah um so yeah but um and then that little girl that was opened the door with the family just now that was jenna ortega a young jenna ortega oh really yeah Mm -hmm. i didn't recognize her Mm -hmm. um but yeah that is chapter two of insidious um which is a middle to a three-part chapter uh three a trilogy i guess you would say um because we have our next part coming up with the red door that would be concluding the saga of the lambert family overall on this story though um i thought it was a really good continuation of the plot the storyline um, I agree with you, Caitlin, whenever you said that this one had more to it, definitely felt like there were more layers. And I liked how we got to go even further uh, back in time into uh, not just now, you know, Dalton's storyline, but how Josh's storyline has in, has affected all of this as well. And how his own um, astral projection uh, intertwines with the story. Um, and it's really cool because... I feel like they did a good job, if not thinking ahead, then being able to make something work to go cohesively with the first film. Um, and so it all seems like a really good and big like project that was really uh, had some sort of planning, at least to it, and was thought out a bit um, longevity-wise. And so I liked um, that we got to see more of like not necessarily um a little boy asleep the whole movie kind of situation there's like you said more action to it um more characters we got to get i feel like a better even though it kind of got split between two um 
well, I guess the first one too had kind of two villains, but this is like two villains that are connected to each other at least. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a better, darker villain presence in this film and like there was a bigger battle as opposed to like no really big battle happening in the first one. I was like, okay, we got him. That was easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, it was pretty cool that we also got to see Elise again, even though she was dead. Mm-hmm. So somehow they were able to make her be a pretty major, a big player in this one as well. Um, and I liked, what else did I like about it? I don't know. I just really, I do like these films and I think that I like the whole, like I mentioned in the first one too, the astral projection. Now that in this one, we're introducing like time travel, like there's a lot of really cool ideas mixing in with the horror, horror element. Um, I would have to say overall, I probably enjoyed this one more than the first one as well. Mm. Um, and I would have to give this one, I'm trying to remember what I gave the first one. A 3.8. Right. Like, so this one definitely for me feels more in the four, like a 4.2, mm. 4. No, you know what? I'll give it a 4.5. 4. 4.5. I'll give it a 4.5. Wow. Yeah. I'll give it a 4.5. I, um, I really enjoyed the storyline and I really enjoyed how the, character of the black bride as well was kind of a twist in itself because in the first one um and i guess through the beginning of it if you don't get ahead with yourself you are already thinking like well it's some old like witchy or like lady spirit but then we find out nah this is a man who was dressing up like a woman to commit serial murder yeah like that's that's a whole it's pretty thing. wild yeah so it's, it's horrific in real life horrific in the afterlife yeah yeah very much so it just adds to the fear factor and also to the complexity of the character, which is really cool. Yeah, it was a good show. Um, but yeah, 4.5 for me. Do you have any fun facts? I do. Yay. Um, beep boop bop. At around 25 minutes, when Specs and Tucker analyze the footage of Young Drosh, the Panasonic VCR logo has been worn away in places so that it reads Panic instead. Oh, that's cool. Um, the hospital featured in the film, Linda Vista Community Hospital, has featured been featured in over 30 movies, mainly horror films, and many TV series, and as well as music videos. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, a majority of the film was shot inside the Linda Vista Community Hospital, which also doubles as the abandoned hospital that the characters visit. Oh. So they used... A lot of they use that hospital for a lot of things. They were like, We got it, got it for a day. We better use it as much as we can. Um, There's an Australian flag in the corner of Dalton's room in the Lambert house. Lee Wannell, um, Rose Byrne, Angus Sampson, and James Wan are all Australian. However, Wan was born in Malaysia but later moved to Australia. Hmm. And then, DDD. At around 22 minutes, when Specs and Tucker enter Elise's house, there's an African tribal painting hanging on the wall. It's the same painting seen in Daniel's study in Paranormal Activity 2 and the grandmother's house in Paranormal Activity 3 hmm. as well. Interesting. Yeah, because those are also James Wan films, right? Or yeah. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a director cameo at around 33 minutes on a computer wallpaper with Specs and Tucker. James Wan was there. Yeah, I saw that one. I yeah. did see that one. Yeah. So that's cool. That's all I got for trivia. For fun facts. Little fun facts. What's your boo rating? Boo rating. I think I'd give this one um like a three point two or mm-hmm. something. 
-hmm. it was pretty good i liked it overall um it was a good middle of the road horror film Mm -hmm. for me maybe a 3.5 i liked it i thought it had much more meat to it than the first one did um also just less comical Mm -hmm. uh special effects and stuff it it had matured a bit yeah and it even the banter between Specs and Tucker was a little more fitting mm-hmm. this time than it seemed in the first one. Um, even, and uh, even the whole, excuse me, Hunter Ninja Bear. Okay, no, I hated that. Okay, I was like, I know Hatlin's gonna hate that. Yeah, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck? Why is this important? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. I blocked mm-hmm. it out of my memory mm-hmm. um, because I thought it was dumb. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Two point eight now. Um, but most of the stuff, like the quesadilla bit and unicorn, kind of fit like, more. At yeah, least. it fit a little bit more, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, at least I know that this is their characters now. Um, I still do think of them as two bumbling idiots, mm-hmm. which I think um, that's what they wanted you to think them of. Yeah, but maybe not as fitting for the movie. I feel like the movie would have been more scary if we would have just had it all be serious, as opposed to trying to inject a little comedy, comedy. with the with the with the um and it's not even physical comedy it's like very much like on the nose bad humor yeah <laughs> yeah cheesy humor yeah, yeah. it was just mm-hmm. dumb mm-hmm. um but overall i thought it was a definitely a better attempt at this film for the universe and i did enjoy all of the ties that it had back to the first one and that watching having watched the red door as well all the ties that the red door has back to the second film as and the first film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty cool. So I have to give them some props for how well thought out the universe is. Um, even if I didn't like the first one, I think they did a much better attempt this time. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, like I said, the film definitely matured uh, a bit as far as it wasn't very like kitschy ghost, like mm-hmm. with the whole like ee- and the heads turning of those two twins or whatever, the Mm -hmm. two girls, um, all of the apparitions and everything seemed a little bit more genuinely terrifying Mm -hmm. this go around and weren't as cheesy or cheap. And I liked how there, I liked how there wasn't as many as well. Yeah. It's more focused on let's have some really good ones that are scary as opposed to having these, like, it seemed like we just had a couple extras and we put them in like, we were like uh, oh, we Halloween spirit them. costumes and yeah. <laughs> made them do those things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like the whole, the <clears throat> whole scene of the family and the further being like murdered yeah. could have been omitted. Yeah. It didn't and really even add anything add to, to the storyline. Story and even there's no callback in this one, at least even in this one, there was a callback to even that menacing guy, a little, little ghost with like the, the, who was putting his tongue all over Renee. Remember? Oh yeah. Cause he had to fight him. And that's why Elise came back because he was fighting it. And then Elise came in just like with her light. Go to hell. Yeah. She said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. The, yeah. They made callbacks to certain ghosts mm-hmm. and yeah. At least the good ones. The good ones. Yeah. And didn't like, yeah, I think maybe they realized too that that family had no importance mm-hmm. whatsoever um, for the original film. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, all, overall, I think this film did a lot better job, so it gets a 3.5 for me. And a 4.5, so medium 4. four. Yeah. 
for I think. the Insidious Chapter 2. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a better attempt. I liked it a lot more. And um, speaking of important families, we are in our lovely Rogue Media Network studio. That's who right. always takes good care of us. And you can listen to our show or any of their other wonderful shows at RogueMediaNetwork.com. And then you can also listen to all those shows and us on a slew of podcasting platforms. But the biggest two would be... Spotify and also Apple, but wherever you do listen, don't forget to rate, review, like, and subscribe. That's right, because that is the only way we can get ahead in this world. And tell your friends, word of mouth is huge. Mm -hmm. That is one of the best ways for us to get out there, and especially for spooky season. Like, you can watch the movies with us and listen to us talk about them. And you can join in on the discussion by reaching out to us on our one social media platform, which is Instagram, and that is at at boobays podcast and that's at b-o-o-b-a-e-s because we're your boobays not your boob babes that's right Mm -hmm. and until next time you guys we'll be talking about insidious the red door Mm -hmm. so the third part the third direct sequel yeah 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 because this film there was two other films in between the release of the red door and chapter two but those are different storylines and but they're randos yeah gonna continue on with the Lambert family storyline. So until then, bye base. Bye base. This has been a Rogue Media Network. Oh, shit.